As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin for a month. I would be honored if you played football for this team. The football gods are always on the Bears' shoulder. Boy, that escalated quickly. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Ho. Are there any signs that there's a bigger issue of disrespect? Is Jordan Love bad? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's clear to me that they're going to make him earn that left tackle spot. There's some good signs there. It's okay to be excited. It's The Adams. The Adams converge. Hogan Johns. And we are underway. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you on a Thursday. It's a preview episode. Bears back in their usual noontime slot at Soldier Field. But a very interesting matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. Johns, I got to say, for 3-16, it's nice to have like good matchups still and storylines and things to talk about. You know why? Because a good young quarterback does that, Adam. That's right. Justin Fields. A lot of good vibes throughout the bye week. Can I tell you my, my uh, least favorite storyline? Let me, let, me, let me phrase it this way. Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields are not similar quarterbacks. Can no. I just put that out there? Throw it, I'm kind of teeing you up because I know you wrote about this. Yes. But like, in just in terms of storylines, if, if you may, these guys are not similar in terms of how they play the game of football at quarterback. No, they're, they're the only similarity really is that they they both can run. But other than that, like there's there's a big difference. So we'll jump into that. We got a lot of good stuff uh, on the podcast today. Jeff Zriebeck, who covers the Ravens for the Athletic, will join us. Kevin Fishbane will be here. Of course, we'll make our predictions and all that. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. You can read me on NBCSportsChicago.com. I do have a column up on that topic, which we will talk about here. Uh, and Johnsy's on The Athletic. So is Kevin Fishbane. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to read those guys. You should be subscribed. And uh, I got the uh, the orange walking bear sweatshirt on today, Johnsy. You going to bring mine to Hallis Hall later today? I was actually going to give you this one. Now I'm wearing it. Because <laughs> the other one's in the wash. And I only have two right now. I see how it works. But I wanted to wear one on the pod. So for those of you watching on YouTube can see that. You should be watching on YouTube. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. But, you know, we still got to model these things a little bit. I see how that works. Okay. Okay. Just claim both of them for yourself. I'll still bring it over to you. No, no, no. You put it on. What? It's not like I, I just literally got it out of the shower. I'm clean, buddy. It, it, it's been, it's, it's been, been tainted. Tainted. Okay. <laughs> yes. Fine. I'll ask for my own. Uh, you can do that. These are for uh, available right now for pre- on pre-order. Um, they should be coming out pretty soon, though, because they've been up for a week. So hopefully they'll be out soon. And we appreciate it. A lot of people have already purchased them. So we appreciate that. All um, A portion of the proceeds from everything sold, whether it's the T-shirts, uh, sweatshirts, anything else we have up there on obviousshirts.com uh, for the Hogan Johns podcast is uh, well, a portion of those proceeds are going to the 22Q Family Foundation, um, which is what my son was born with. For more information on that, please check it out 22QFamily.com. Uh, and 
uh, we appreciate everybody that's really pitched in and helped this month. We'll continue to do that before we get to December. So I uh, want to thank you for all that. And um, I do have to say, because a lot of people are always asking about hats. They're coming. That's all I could say. They're coming. I promise you they're coming. And we're going to have winter hats. We're going to have summer hats. The hats are coming. Uh, and they're going to be sweet. We've been Part of the reason why it's taking so long is because we're trying to make sure we get it right. And like everything else in the world right now, it's not easy to get like goods to people. Seriously, like there, just this is a whole issue. And of course, probably people understand this uh, in the world right now. The supply chain with really literally anything is broken, and so um, except for podcasts, I guess we could still sit here in front of a microphone and get that to you. We can. So we can. Well, at least we got that going for us. Uh, and we appreciate all, all of our listeners very, very much. Let's jump into this matchup. Uh, it, it's it's the six and three Ravens versus the three and six Bears. And yet, I gotta say it seems like a winnable game for the Bears. Regardless, you have a great quarterback matchup, and that's where you were uh talking about off the top there, John Z, about how these guys, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields. They they really are different quarterbacks. They they just are. I mean, for one, Justin Fields cannot do some of the things Lamar Jackson can do. And I have this in my column. You have um, you know, even Justin Fields acknowledges much. Feels like this guy could play wide receiver, quarter or uh, quarterback, running back. Tashawn Gibson said that you know he could be one of the best running backs in the league. Justin Fields' game is different in that he's always going to be a passer first. I think Lamar Jackson's capable of being a passer first, but he's so dynamic with his legs that it's kind of stupid to play him like that. You want more of a balance with Lamar Jackson. There's a reason why he leads his team in rushing. Um, And he's just, he's shiftier, twitchier uh, when he's running the football than Justin. Justin Fields is bigger. Justin Fields is like more of a power back. Right, if you're going to talk about quarterbacks and, running the and ball, going, and going back to your what you just said, Justin Fields is never going to lead the Bears in rushing. Yes, ever. Nor, nor should he. No, no. If he He's does, the Bears have major problems. Yes, yeah. Don't like the comparison. You could argue right now the Ravens have problems. Just the fact that Lamar Jackson leads them in rushing. I mean, he's capable of doing it, but it the fa- the part of the problem is they don't really have a great running back on that team. Yeah, they've had a few injuries. They've had a ton of injuries this year, which is why they're a very inconsistent team. And um, we can go into this more a little bit when we pick the game later. But it's it's a hard team to figure out. One week they look terrible in Detroit, you know. The, the next they're blowing out the Chargers. It's then they're getting uh, their butts kicked by the Dolphins. Yes, the which, Dolphins. Which I guess you could throw up to Thursday Night Football. I don't know. I didn't watch. A ton of that game last week. Uh, I've I've looked at it more since, but it was just kind of on. I was out to dinner. It was on in the corner, and I was like, "What is going on?" And then the the, the Dolphins just blitzed the hell out of them. And if you're the Bears, you're probably looking at that, going, "Hmm, that Roquan Smith uh, blitz on Ben Roethlisberger worked pretty well." Yeah, how about more of those? Pass rush isn't what it was in the beginning of the season. Of course, you live and die by the blitz. Well, that's what the Ravens do too, defensively you, speaking of their matchup with Justin Fields. And we talk when we talk to Jeff Zubrak here in a little bit. Like, I'm interested to see what he says about like the Ravens' defense because they're always pretty good, but they're not that good this year. Even though some stats you know favor them, um, some stats don't favor them. So I'm interested to hear what he has to say about it. Which defense do you think is better, the Bears' defense or the Ravens' defense? Ravens' defense. Well, there you go. When's the last time the Bears had a takeaway on defense? It's been a long time. It's been a long, long time. A long time. <laughs> Merging words there. All you have to do is look at the like the, their interception total is now amongst the league's worst. Dude, does the is the takeaway bucket still a thing? I think the takeaway bucket has been taken away. <laughs> That's the problem. Yes. Somebody took somebody took the bucket, and now they can't. If you take away the takeaway bucket, then you can't take away the football. That's our takeaway. <laughs> exactly. 
something like that. Uh, all right, should we dive into this matchup a little bit more? Let's do it. Jeff Zrebeck covers the Ravens. Uh, he's he's really really good listen, really good follow, uh, and he has pretty much everything we need to know about Baltimore right now. Uh, so here he is. All right, to get the scoop on the Baltimore Ravens, who stand at 6-3 and three with the opposite record of the Bears right now, we bring in Jeff Zrebeck, who you should be following on Twitter, at Jeff Zrebeck. That's spelled Z-R-E-B-I-E-C. He is a senior staff writer for The Athletic who covers the Ravens. What's up, Jeff? How you doing? Good. Good morning. Thanks for having me, guys. Jeff, um... I've been looking at the Ravens' defense. You know they're known for their defense, or have been known for their defense. And I was charting like the the future opponents of the Bears for an article I did today in the Athletic, and I'm trying to figure out: are, are they good, or, or, or are they bad? Like like they're good on third downs and in in, in the red zone, but yeah, DVOA doesn't like them. You know they're giving up the most passing yards. You watch them every week. Are they good or bad? Yeah, you know. It's the weirdest thing because they'll play a really good game and then they'll allow a 70 yard touchdown pass or they'll, but they just had, they've just had the breakdowns at the worst possible times. Their tackling has been awful. I mean, they've played a bunch of short passes into long touchdowns and uh, you know, they're relying on, on some young players in the secondary. And that's led to some big breakdowns. So, um, you know, they do some things well. I think that's the best way to to say it. You know, they can stop the run. Um, You know, they have pretty good on third down. Their, you know, defensive coordinator calls some really, uh, you know, exotic blitzes. And they usually get some free runners on third down. Um, So they've been very good situationally, as you mentioned. But they give up a lot of big plays. Uh, They don't make many big plays. Um, You know, they're one of the least, you know, they're ranked in the bottom three or something in takeaways. So this is not your uh, father's Ravens, as they say, where they have a dominant defense. They can do some things to give other teams problems. Um, But in terms of, you know, they're just, they don't, they haven't had that playmaker defensively and they just haven't been as good and fundamentally as they normally are. So, Jeff, as that defense looks to match up against this Bears offense, which has been struggling for years now, but appears to have a quarterback um, on the rise, what is the, you know, I can tell you here in Chicago, the view on Justin Fields is that he's playing much better than his statistics on the season indicate. He's especially been much better the last couple of weeks, seemed to, seems to be getting more comfortable, uh, and certainly had that nice second half against the Steelers on Monday Night Football a couple weeks ago. So how much concern do you sense or focus do you sense from the Ravens' defense as, the, as they prep for this Bears' offense? Yeah, I definitely think they're, uh, you know, a little worry of what he can do um, and just his development in general. I, I mean, you look, they've played plenty of games against the Steelers, in the past, they used to like to watch future opponents play against the Steelers because they felt like they knew the Steelers defense very well and they know what they do. So they like to measure other offenses. And, you know, everybody saw how good he played in that second half and, uh, you know, thrown the ball much better. Uh, but they've talked a lot about just kind of what a physical specimen he is, how big and fast he is and, and how kind of fearless and composed he is and make and all the throws that, you know, I think they have a lot of respect for him. Um, You know, there was a time where Ravens would never lose to a rookie quarterback. They would just torture rookie quarterbacks. Um, So, you know, that's always going to be a storyline. But I I think we've all seen uh, Justin Fields make, uh, you know, several strides forward in the last couple of weeks. And uh, I think we also know this isn't the Ravens defense of old. So uh, they're going to have their hands full with them, no doubt. And, I, I, you know, you can you get the impression that they understand that. We can't get through a conversation about the Ravens' defense without asking about Pernell McPhee. He is a fan favorite on this podcast. Jeff, uh, we still play some of his sound bites yeah. on this podcast of, just because of how – like everybody loved the guy when he was yeah. here, the media, the, the locker room. So how is our old friend Pernell McPhee doing? Yeah, they call him the OG here, you know. He's still the guy that breaks down the huddle and – uh, they just have so much respect for him as a person. And and you're right. You don't have to lead Pernell McPhee in a direction. You just ask the question. You kind of just hit record and and enjoy what he's going to say because he's very uh, honest and, and he enjoys having a good time. Um, McPhee's, you know, 
he's so banged up and I know you guys dealt with that. I don't think he has a whole lot of, you know, he's dealt with shoulder injuries. He's always had the bad knees. It's like his 12th year, isn't it? Like, yeah, he's been it's unbelievable yeah. how long he's lasted and he's not playing a ton this year. I would say his, his contributions have been more in leadership, but they're trying to kind of save his bullets, you know, like last year he was quiet, but when they got in the playoffs, he was one of their best players in the field in their two playoff games. He still has that ability to rise to the occasion but he's so banged up, you know, like, you know, you have to expect to shut him down for a couple weeks to, to hopefully get him to the finish line. But uh, we'll see. They've had a bunch of injuries and they haven't been able to do that. Jeff, uh, since I know you'll appreciate this, we'll give you our all time favorite uh, per Nell McPhee soundbite when he was uh, once asked about Aaron Rodgers when he was here in Chicago. All right. So two words, Aaron Rodgers. Um. Hall of Fame. Two words. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember uh, Kevin Clark. Uh, he works for the Ringer, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, he came out to the Ravens a couple years uh, when McPhee was in his first stint. And he's just like, he's pitching a story. He was like, you know, I want to get a story about trash talk between, you know, quarterbacks and, and outside linebackers or pass rush or something like that. Who do you re- recommend? And I say, go to Pernell McPhee. So we went to Pernell McPhee, and he hasn't stopped thanking me since. Uh, Pernell, <laughs> he gave him like all this uh, back and forth between him and Philip Rivers back in the day. He basically wrote uh, Kevin's story for him. And as I said, every time I see Kevin, he brings that up. Yeah, he was. I mean, he played on some losing teams here, too. Yeah. And yet it didn't matter the week. We'd go to him, and he'd be in a good mood and be happy to talk to us and love, give us a great sound. Love bite. playing football. I still remember his, his hit his ass comment about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, How do you stop Aaron Rodgers? Hit his ass. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's kind of the one guy around here that sort of was back playing with Ed Reed and Ray Lewis back when they used to annually have the number one defense and they kind of struck fear in teams. So they look up to him. You know, he's kind of more of that spokesman leader than he is in terms of an on-field contributor, but he still has some juice uh, where if you use him in the right spots, he can help them out. Hey, Jeff, as as Justin Fields continues to develop as a rookie, I I, want to pick your brain on going back to Lamar Jackson's rookie season. Teams don't seem to ever have a consensus on what's the best way to develop a rookie quarterback, but just Mm -hmm. going back and what you can share about what the Ravens did, it he had seven starts, uh, yeah. you know, you know, didn't play a full season, but certainly by year two, he was an incredible player and MVP. Yeah. You know, they're, I think if all they were pretty honest ahead of Lamar Jackson's first season that they were going to bring him along slowly, that they wanted the first year to kind of be a red shirt year. And they picked their spots earlier in the season to kind of get him some plays, maybe use him in some other ways. And they were doing that with Joe Flacco. And then they kind of hit mid season Flacco injures his hip. Um, I think the team was like four and five at the time. They were going nowhere fast. Flacco was going to be out for a good bit and they really had no choice, but to, you know, put Lamar into the game. And, you know, every week it was just about, trying to put a game plan that week that was going to give them a chance to win the game. Uh, Lamar and their offense in a lot of ways were limited. They were kind of building it up on the fly, just kind of trying to find some things per game that worked. You know, he probably wasn't ready at the time, so they had to rely, you know, a lot on running and what he can do with his legs. Um, But each week, you just saw him get more and more confident. Uh, They discovered some things that really could work. And then after, you know, his first, you know, by the end of that season, even though he struggled in the playoffs, it was clear uh, that he was their guy. And then in the offseason, they kind of went all in on building kind of an offense around him and trying to build the personnel around him. So, uh, yeah, they were more by necessity. I think in a perfect world, they would have loved Lamar Jackson not to have to start that first year. But in the long run, I do really think it helped him, you know, because that, you know, as we all know, he was the second unanimous MVP in NFL history. So um, after that first year, what he learned that first year he took into the offseason, went to work and, uh, you know, he hasn't, you know, we've all seen what's happened since. Jeff, I want to ask you about Greg Roman's place in all that. Becomes his offensive coordinator, I think, in, in year two, right? And then takes off MVP, all that stuff. But, like, everything he's done for Lamar Jackson, then on top of that, like, what type of head coaching candidate is he? You know, of yeah. course, here in Chicago, um, 
Matt Nagy's in the hot seat. So I'm just curious what yeah. you think of Greg Roman as a head coaching candidate. You know, I mean, it's you guys know the deal, and it's a little different situation with the you know the head coach and calling plays all that. They can't get, you know, you ask the fans around here, they can't get rid of Greg Roman soon enough. They would be Bears fans forever if they hired him as their head coach just because they want him out of here. I don't get it, really. I mean, I I think it's, you know, people seem to forget that they've had one of the best offenses in the league since he's been here. Um, there's been flaws, no doubt. The whole, the whole problem with him is always, can he get enough going in the passing game. You know, he's, he's, you know, his run designs are, are very, are very impressive. Um, he's run the ball everywhere he's gone. I mean, this year they're number one in rushing with a makeshift offensive line and, and backs that are probably should be on the waiver wire to be, to be quite frank. So he's going to figure out how to run the ball. Um, but the, the fans problems always been in the passing game and, you know, his play calling. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, you know, I think if he's going to be your head coach, you're, you're going to have to have an offense and the personnel on offense to run the ball a lot. It might not be the most exciting offense, um, you, you know, but, uh, He's very smart with his ability to design and, and uh, you know, execute a run game plan. And, but there are some questions. Can he take the quarterback to the next level in terms of as a thrower? So, uh, you know, he got the one interview a couple of years ago in Cleveland, and then they struggled last year a little bit. They were 32nd pass, and, um, you, you know, he kind of went off the radar a little. And now with where they are offensively, despite all their injuries, you're hearing his name a little more. So wouldn't surprise me get some interviews. I think it's uh, probably overdue that he gets a little bit of a longer look. You know, he's a very smart football guy. Um, offensive players seem to like him. It's hard to know how he can command a room uh, because he just hasn't been in that opportunity. But uh, he'd definitely be an interesting candidate. I just think you, you need to have the right personnel on offense for you know to get the best out of him. All right, Jeff. Well, as we get look forward to this game uh, on Sunday, I, I, I got to be honest. There's a bit of a wave here in Chicago of uh, or momentum of people thinking the Bears can pull this one off. Which uh, you know they're on a four game losing streak. Maybe everybody's just feeling the good vibes from Justin Fields. You know, good second half in Pittsburgh going into the bye, but uh, it's probably combined too with how the Ravens played against the Dolphins. Where do you stand on this matchup? What's your prediction? Yeah, I was going to say, or, or they probably watched that Miami game and, <laughs> and, made, and and saw how the Ravens made the Dolphins look like the 85 Bears. Uh, but, you know, I'll be – the worst thing as a sports writer is to make, really don't have a good feel for the team you cover. But how can I? I mean, they needed a 66-yard field goal at the gun to beat the Detroit Lions. Um, they needed miracle comebacks to beat the Colts and to beat the Chiefs. And then, you know, they go and just dismantle the, you know, Chargers who have come back down to earth a little bit, but that's a pretty good team. Every week, you just really don't know what they're going to, you're going to get, you know, the, all the guys on IR is really, you know, this isn't the Ravens of old, you know, I'm not sandbagging here. I just, it's a flawed team in a lot of ways and they've needed, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson and Justin Tucker to kind of mask a lot of those flaws. Um, I do think the Ravens are entering a really, uh, you know, it's going to be all division from the from after this game with the Rams and the Packers sprinkled in. So they have a, a, a very arduous season ending schedule. I think they know the importance of Sunday. I think they're going to be really ready to play. Um, I'll you know, I've I have to do my prediction thing here in the next 24 hours. So I'll probably pick them to win. But I'm going to pick them to win a close game. I, I you know, I'm not going to say it's a toss up, but I, the Ravens have not really played that way. Well, you know, you look at the six and three and you look at, you know, the fact they lead the AFC North, a very good division. And I think also people are judging the Ravens of old a little bit. But if you watch this team week in and week out, there are definitely some flaws. There's definitely some concerns. And they've shown no ability to consistently jump on a team that they really should handle. So uh, I expect nothing less than a close game down the stretch. And, and we'll see what happens. But I'll probably lean to them winning in a field goal type game. And I think some Bears fans would take that. <laughs> you know, Justin Fields plays well, puts up some points. Matt Nagy's seat gets a little bit hotter. 
and I know the uh, the Ravens have never won there. Um, and it's not been a big sample size, but still, it's interesting. W- uh, was the last the, time here the like the the time the thunderstorm came through? Yeah, we had a big here? delay in the middle or of the game. A tornado. Yeah, yeah, and it was just there's so much happened that day. I think Ozzie Newsom, their GM at the time, got sick and had oh, to be yeah. rushed to the hospital and. You know, I remember getting there for a one o'clock game. I don't think I left the press box till like 10 o'clock at night or something. That was a crazy game. And I want to say overtime. overtime. Bears won was in that, overtime. Who was that? Was that McCown? I think yeah. beat him in overtime. Yeah, McCown would have been the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Cutler out. the coach. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the yeah. I remember days. that game. I mean, I, you know, that that because Sojo Fear is an awesome place to go to. I, I There's so much happened that day. Yeah. Because I think Ravens were in control. And yeah. then the storms came, and then the game just completely changed, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right, Jeff. All right, well, we're looking forward to this one, too, because at the very least, it's a great quarterback matchup between Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. So, um, Jeff, thank you for your time today. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you on Sunday. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to seeing you Sunday. Thanks, Jeff. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Adam, Jeff's comment on Greg Roman um, has my brain spinning a little bit. Not because of what he said, just because of the topic of of, uh, the coaching search. You know, uh, Tom Pelissero has a good piece that comes out every year on um, the candidates, like the young candidates to watch. I think they're all under 45 years old. Um, Candidates to watch to be head coaches. It's It's usually a long, exhaustive list with a lot of, um, insight from people who know, you know, who teams might be targeting. And I'll tell you what, of all the, if all the information in there, and there's a ton, the one thing that stood out to me, I have to say, is that Mike Kafka's contract is up in Kansas City. Because I think, I think the one scenario fans need to not completely abandon, as hard as it is, is a scenario in which Matt Nagy still here next year. Because as I pointed out in the bye week, if Justin Fields continues to do this and ascend, 
throughout the second half of the season, that likely means the offense is ascending and it could mean more wins. I don't know how all this is going to play out. The overall point, though, is just that there's a lot of football left and a lot of different things can happen. And so under the probably not very popular scenario with our listeners that Matt Nagy is still here next year, one of the things I'd like to see is him, and I don't think he'd really do this, but kind of fully hand over his offense. And I just wonder, I don't think Mike Kafka, who who right now is the quarterback's coach, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, uh, who's kind of been sitting there and waiting for Eric Bieniemy to get a job to be their offensive coordinator. And if that happens, I'm sure that they would keep him and promote him in that spot. But Eric Bieniemy, for whatever reason, hasn't been getting the jobs. And I don't know if that's going to happen this year because they are struggling now more in Kansas City. So I just, if Bieniemy doesn't go anywhere and Kafka's all of a sudden available because his contract's up, I don't hate that idea of bringing him here to make him an offensive coordinator and give him play calling duties too. None of this, oh, I'm going back to calling the plays. No, give Mike Kafka his opportunity to do that. In the past, Andy Reid doesn't like, will not let his assistance be pulled away. But if his contract's up, he can leave. Two thoughts on that. It's a very inexperienced play caller. So was Matt Nagy. So was Matt Nagy, yeah. At least he had some, though, with Alex Smith um, in 2017 before... Um, he became the Bears head coach. Uh, three or two. Second point. That'll be Matt Nagy's third offensive coordinator uh, in his tenure here. Third in five years. And really, is that an ideal situation for Mike Kafka? Other than coming home, Southside kid, Northwestern product. It is because of one guy, Fitz Justin Fields. <laughs> it's true, Justin That's true. Fields. And you want to see. Now, I'm not saying in this situation in Chicago that you can go from, you know, a different team come in here for one. But if he's already showing up on head coaching lists, he comes in and has one good year with Justin Fields. He's still young. He kind of all of a sudden fits that mold of uh, Sean McVay or uh, Matt LaFleur, who was one year as the. Remember, Matt LaFleur did not have play calling experience. He goes from L.A., joins Mike Vrabel's staff one year in Tennessee, gets hired to go to to Green Bay. Like, this is how this stuff works. At some point, you have to get the experience, and someone has to give it to you. And I'm just saying they have a relationship. um, And and really, it doesn't – I understand the idea that it might not be a popular spot to take a job. And I don't think it necessarily was last year, which is part of the – I think you saw some of the issues with hiring assistant coaches. But if Justin Fields is the quarterback, that's your ticket to me. One complaint about any praise from Matt LaFleur, he's got a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best of all time. On your point about Matt Nagy making another hire at offensive coordinator, if you're going to allow him to do that, you have to show some faith in him again, right? And, And probably give him that one-year contract extension, do you not? Like, if if he's if he needs to convince guys to come here, you need to show stability. You need to show your faith in the head guy, Matt yep. Nagy. Do you not? Like, there's layers to it. Well, and also getting way ahead of ourselves, and there's yeah. some yeah. complications But But it's, it's, it's never too early to discuss potential candidates. I mean, that's where we are. We're in the middle of November. I don't like the idea of Greg Roman. That's fair. Um, some, guys also, are just, some guys are just better off being coordinators. That's just what they are. That, that's their career ceiling. That could be Greg Roman. I, I'd rather have a guy, if you're really going to make the change, I, I want to see a guy that, like, honestly, more of the Mike Vrabel type. Like, somebody that has just an identity for what you want yeah, the program to mean. Doesn't you. necessarily side one way towards being an offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, play caller, either way. Just really just wants to establish a program. And, th- and, and one rooted in physicality. I think you, you have teams and ownerships and GMs who become infatuated with the idea of pairing their young quarterback with that play caller, right? Mm-hmm. Ryan Pace... Clearly was 
with Matt Nagy. And Matt Nagy may actually be a better head coach than he's play call. Actually, I think that's very true at this point, right? He's just better at commanding the room than he is actually calling the plays and designing an offense. I think we can agree on sure. that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're right. You're right. Look at, look at the teams that the Bears are facing or have faced. Mike Tomlin. Jim Harbaugh. Not Jim Harbaugh. John Harbaugh with Baltimore. Like, they established that identity through all the changes Underneath them, like that identity of that team starts with them. Now it helps to have continuity at quarterback, clearly does. But I, I get what you're pointing. Having that identity start with that off, that not not with that offensive coordinator or that offensive mind, but with that head coach, regardless of what side of the ball he comes from. And I, and I think the situation in Baltimore, as we talk about the Ravens, you know, in Lamar Jackson, you don't have to have. That's a perfect example of you do not have to have the head coach. Offensive head coach pairing with the quarterback. Uh, same thing, and I give the Chargers a lot of credit. Like they were very close to hiring Brian Dayball and doing that with Justin Herbert. Instead, they they pulled a one eighty and went with Brandon Staley. And Herbert's fine. I know they kind of slumped a little bit here in the last couple of weeks, but uh, the Chargers. But Herbert still looks great. So. There's, there's more than uh, one way to do it. And obviously, the, the specific thing I'm bringing up is just because that story came out yesterday and that was like a little news nugget in there I did not know and I found interesting. Uh, but yes, if Nagy's going to stay and you're going to change the offensive staff again, that does complicate things because, you know, I think John D. Filippo right now deserves a lot of credit for what he's doing with Justin Fields. And so are you really going to bring in somebody that kind of passes him up on the food chain, right? Um I think that that would create in kind of a tough situation. On the other hand, John D. Filippo's time as coordinator, a couple stints have not gone very well. So it's just an interesting thing I thought I'd bring up. Uh, as we bring in Kevin Fishbane, who uh, you may have heard of. He's the fish man, the fish dad. He also knows a little thing about Mike Kafka as Mike Kafka enters the conversation on this podcast today. Kevin, this is your opportunity to talk about Northwestern. Well, look, guys, uh, Mike Kafka, we all know what he did against Minnesota in 2008. We don't. Went into the Metrodome, <laughs> ran for a Big Ten record rushing yards as a quarterback in a no. pretty miraculous Northwestern victory. So, I mean, if that doesn't scream future head coach, I don't know what does. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. That's what, what we're talking about, right? Yeah, no, that was. Well, we're talking about him being Matt Nagy's offensive coordinator. What's wrong with Bill Lazor? I don't know. I didn't say there was anything wrong with him. I just found out via Tom Pelissero's story that Mike Kafka's contract's up at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. We'll move on. All right. Uh, it is time for our three uh, questions, three big questions that uh, has, although, uh, you know, our, our rundown here just has three questions. So is it, John's when when Kevin does it, do we are they not big anymore? They're more like medium sized questions. Three medium questions. By the way, I'm uh, just to back up for one second. <laughs> not <laughs> the, the Northwestern idea, talk, though. No, no, but I'm picturing your loyal listeners hearing a conversation about who Matt Nagy would hire as his next offensive coordinator. Oh, just it's like not going to, over well. I know. Just to spell it out, it's just I, I, it's just kind of. It's it's funny. It, this is the this is the part where if, if this podcast was live and we had like a text line or comments streaming on YouTube right now, they would just be like, you know, obscenities pointed <laughs> towards me right now just for bringing up the conversation. And I understand that, and I apologize. But I, as I have said over and over again the last couple of weeks, there are still eight football games, and a lot of different things can happen. We've seen all these things covering this team for a long time. It could go really, really, really poorly. A lot of bad things could happen, and this could thing could be, you know, the writing could be on the wall by the time we go to Seattle for Christmas, okay? Um, or Justin Fields continues to look really good. Things start to get better. They win some games, like, against this Ravens team Sunday, which is a possibility, and the outlook all changes. I just think people need to prepare themselves for all these different scenarios and not just here in the middle of November be like, oh, yeah, man, Aggie's definitely getting fired. Ryan Pace is definitely out of here. In other words, we'd like to welcome back those listeners who skipped over the past five minutes of the podcast <laughs> to listen to Kevin Fishbane's 
three medium-sized questions. Question number one. We're going to start on the defensive side of the ball today, gentlemen. Do you have more trust in the Bears employing a strategy of blitzing Lamar Jackson, a la the Miami Dolphins last week? Or do you have more faith in maybe a little 2018 Chargers playoff game playing a lot of dime, employing more defensive backs against Lamar Jackson? Which strategy do you think the Bears are more equipped to run or more likely to run? That's a tough question because the personnel would tell you that they are they are better off getting after him, um, because their their secondary is a weakness, especially if Eddie Jackson's not back this week. Um, by the way, can I bring up? I don't. This is if that was a medium question. I feel like this is a big question. What are you guys feeling right now about Eddie Jackson, Khalil Mack? The tough thing about recording this when we are recording this this week on Thursday morning is I don't, we did not really learn anything from that injury report yesterday. I would expect, well, it's been a long time since Cleo Max has been on the practice field. Mm-hmm. Long time. If he doesn't show up today or Friday, he's not playing against the Ravens. And <laughs> his loss is, is felt. Eddie Jackson's loss is felt. You're down the backups, man. It's not good. So to answer Kevin's question, I would blitz Roquan Smith. I would blitz Al Golgotry. Danny Trevathan, you should be a pretty good blitzer too because that's your best chance. I don't like what they have going in the secondary. Even their starters are suspect. Look at Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley. They've been picked on ruthlessly all year. So, no, blitz them. Blitz them, blitz them, blitz them. Yeah, I, I think it's a Roquan Smith game, right? This is like, the matchup. This is why you have Roquan Smith for a t- team like this. I do think about the Eddie Jackson thing, you know, and I wrote about DeAndre Houston Carson earlier this week. When Eddie Jackson is starting, you can then use DHC in a bunch of these different roles, and he's proved to be kind of valuable. I'm not talking like he's not like a pro bowler or, or a starter, but he does well in those specific roles, and he's somebody in that dime role that would help you because he can blitz, he can cover, he can do a couple different things. But if he's starting at safety because A.J. Jackson's out, you lose that, and you're, you're talking about, you know, tease Tabor in that spot. This is where you need the Sherrick McManus package. Right, Vic Fangio? I'd like to see him get his hands on more balls. Who wouldn't? The Bears need to. Yeah. Question two. What will you be looking for on the Bears' first drive that will tell you they took something from the way Justin Fields played in the second half and actually applied it to what they want to do in the second half of the season? I ask this because I feel like sometimes that opening drive, it just sometimes it takes them a little bit to be like, oh, yeah, this is what Justin Fields is good at. Let's do this. So is there a specific thing that you guys saw against the Steelers and that if they you, you see it early on, You'd be like, yes, they figured this out. Yeah, if they don't go three and out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. It's yeah. like, true. That's true. <laughs> you know, actually, they had scored on their first drive of the game, I want to say four or five before the Bucks game. Like they, I remember like going back, like, oh, they've actually done well leading a scoring drive to open the game. Yeah, they did surprising. it against the Packers. Yeah, and then they just kind of have stalled out in the first half a lot. Do you guys remember when, like, the scripted success of Mitch Trubisky was a storyline? First drive of uh, the Matt Nagy era. I did a field goal. Okay, so I'm I'm glad you just brought up the script. (laughs) No, but seriously. Okay, because this is where I don't think the Bears have done a good enough job over the years. Not with fields. The the greatest, to me, the biggest thing that happened against the Steelers is they adjusted. Took too long, but they did. And we don't see that enough. And 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 so you can have your first drive and be like, this is what we're going to do no matter what. Or or you could find out real quick, are they doubling Allen Robinson? Or are they singling him more like the Steelers did? Like, literally, in the first drive, you should figure that out and have something built in. Because to answer your question, Kevin, of all the things we saw, I want to see that specific connection continue. Justin Fields to Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson by far had his best game of the season against the Steelers, and they had success. And if now if they take him away, if they double him, then fine. Then you have to adjust. 
But so you shouldn't be forcing the ball to A Rob just because. Because if the Ravens have them doubled, then don't do it. But then you got to have something else built in. So maybe that's where you go to the bootleg real quick or whatever. Um, I'd like to see some more of, I I, I don't want to call them design runs, but more read options because the Bears have done that a little bit more the last couple weeks. It's been successful. Take your five yards on first down. If they're going to give it to you, Justin Fields, just take them, slide, second and five. Great play. Go Like that type of stuff. That's what I want to see carry over um, and, and, and just not be married to whatever the first script is. You know, pick and choose what is there and what the defense is actually giving you. And I think we've also seen them get cute in that first drive, whether it's, you know, the third and down toss a few weeks ago, you know, things like that. So, you know, just, just stick to what works. And, you know, look, maybe, maybe it's a little Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham action. That worked out pretty well against Pittsburgh. So maybe we see a little bit of them, you know, opening up the middle of the field too. But I'm with you, Hope, because I think uh, he feels ran for I want to say four yards and slid when Mika Fitzpatrick was right there uh, on, yeah. on a read option that he kept. And like I think the next play was an explosive, you know, because yeah. they just were opened up that opportunity. Stay ahead of the chains. Question three: If the Bears beat the Ravens Sunday. What are the chances we hear one of the franchise's decision makers point to this win on Sunday against the Ravens as an example of progress in the end of season press conference? So in this scenario, you also have them beating the Lions. Yeah. Let say, me, uh, let's say let's say the Bears finish seven and ten. And this is one of their seven wins. So, so they go, they go four and four. The rest four of the way. and four. Okay. And I don't even think you need a, you 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 can still have a a coaching change, and still point to this. I just I, I feel like this could be the game that they say is an example of the franchise moving in the right direction, if they win, regardless of what happens afterwards. Uh, I'm gonna say there's a hundred percent chance that happens because regardless of if there's progress or not, they're gonna tell you there is. Well, I think Fields should play well. The stats say Fields should have a decent day, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they're going to win the game. But he should have another step in the right direction. He should have put put up a lot of passing yards. The Ravens are allowing the most in the league. You want a fun fact? Sure. Rookie quarterbacks are 7-20 and 20 against John Harbaugh's Ravens. Since Lamar Jackson took over as starting quarterback, rookie quarterbacks are 0-6 against Baltimore. That includes Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, and Baker Mayfield. Look at that timely stat, because Jeff Zreback just alluded to that, but didn't have the specific numbers off the top of his head. But there's Kevin Fishbane just swooping in with the numbers. He also said, though, that this is not your uh, normal Ravens defense, so... It's not. I should know one of those seven rookie quarterbacks to beat the John Harbaugh Ravens. Mitch Trubisky. Oh yeah, Tree Cohen had a touchdown pass in that game to Zach <laughs> he Miller. Did. He did, and Adrian Amos had a pick six. Oh yeah, yeah. Kendall Wright had a big third down catch. He did, yeah. and I think Jordan Howard stiff armed Eric Weddle into oblivion on like a Jordan Howard had a run. huge game. Um, Hashtag Bears special teams. They gave up a punt return touchdown, remember, with like a minute and a half left in the game. Yep. That tied it. Because the Bears were up 24 to 13 with like a couple minutes left and they blew it. Well, they ended up winning in overtime. Yeah, they yeah because Trubisky, that's John Fox era, right? Like Then the week later, like Trubisky attempted like minus five passes and one against the Panthers. Was that before or after that? Uh, before. This one, I think he only attempted 15 passes. 15 in this passes, game. yeah. Jordan yeah. Howard, 167 rushing yards in this Memories. game. Memories. Yeah. Not physically possible, by the way, to have negative five <laughs> passing attempts. <laughs> if you somebody know. could do it, it'd be a John Fox quarterback. Yes, yes. You Those could have negative five back, passing yards. Backward passes. What, what is this? Like, it was like seven pass attempts, wasn't it? Um, I think you're thinking of like the, the Bears game with Matt Nagy where they ran the ball seven times the whole no, game. No, 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 no. John no? Fox... Bragg. Carolina, he he. I think Mitch threw it seven times. Yes, yes, oh, wow. yes. If yeah. you run into John Something Fox like in a bar in Indianapolis at the at the combine, he will brag about this game. I'm telling you, 
I'm gonna look it up. You guys talk about other things. I'm gonna find it. So, right so not if you run into a bar, but when you run into John Fox at the bar in, in Indianapolis. Indi- yes. Yes. Ask him about this game because he's very proud of it. Very proud of it. Did they win? They, they did yeah, win. It was the it's Eddie Jackson game. Eddie Jackson game. Come on, you don't remember this? Yes. No. See, see, I block. I I block out the uh, games. If, if John Fox a, is bragging about a game, I'm probably forgetting it and purposely. I, I got it he threw right like here. A 50 yarder to Tariq Cohen in that. Game. I, I got it right here. <sighs> this is October 22nd, 2017, a 17 to three win over the Carolina Panther, Panthers. Mitch Trubisky four for seven for 107 yards, a 101.8 passer rating. He was sacked four times. He ran five times for three yards. Bears win. And I actually, I, I did an, uh, I wrote, I did an all twenty-two breakdown of all seven Mitch Trubisky's passes that day. Oh no! Somebody <laughs> wanted an easy workload. Yeah, only Sexy. seven, seven plays to go through is great. Oh, this team we cover. This team we cover. <laughs> I mean, I can't answer that. I mean, this is like, I don't know, horse racing. Do you guys see how much fun Foxy was having at the uh, Peyton Manning uh, induction of the? <laughs> he looked Denver? good. Yeah, he was. He was having a ball. And John knows how to have fun. There's no yeah. question about that. That, that I, mean, I, looks, I appreciate. The Broncos would, have, Broncos would have won the Super Bowl the next year if they kept John Fox, right? No. We're just saying he looked good. Are you going to you know, throw him under the bus again? Damn. Uh, was that three questions? I think we're that done. Three was. questions. Yeah. All right. Gold yep. predictions. What do you guys got this week? Ravens, Bears. The Bears are four and a half point underdog. How about this four one? Twofold. Cole Clement will get his touchdown. And Justin Fields will account for four against the Ravens. Four. It's gonna be the highest scoring Bears game all year. Could be. Hammer the over, says John Z. Could be. It's a low total, 45. Really? Yeah. That's a little interesting. Hmm. Also, the line moved like almost two points overnight. Yeah, wasn't it six and a half? It was. It's down, it's down to four in some places. Well, Lamar Jackson was sick yesterday. Does Is that, yeah. is that a bigger it, deal than... I've seen uh, four and a half at a lot of different places. Total's 45. I mean, John, yeah, Har- John Harbaugh said it was not COVID, but we it's well documented, unless it's changed, that Lamar Jackson's not vaccinated. Hasn't he had COVID like three times? Our own entire story about the Bears record is six-point underdogs, and then lo and behold, now they're down to four and a half, which, by the way, they are two and 14 as four and a half plus point underdogs. Under so, you, so you changed the line. It's possible. Um. Can my bold prediction be my prediction too? Bears win. I think the Bears win this game. I don't really care what the score is. I just think I I think the Ravens are as Beatable. Jeff put it, a flawed team. Now, maybe this is a little too obvious cuz they're coming off their you know, bad game against the Dolphins, and there's probably a, some correction there. But I also think there was like kind of a blueprint for how you slow down this offense. Um, now I will admit, I I do not like the fact that we learned nothing from that injury report yesterday. I thought we might see a little bit more progress. Um, the fact that it's extremely, yeah, I have to put a caveat: if Cleo Mack, Akeem Hicks, and Eddie Jackson all do not play, I change my prediction. Because I think it just becomes extremely hard for the Bears' defense to slow them down. But I really like how Akeem was playing. I liked how Eddie Goldman was playing in Pittsburgh. I think if Khalil Mack's coming back, he's going to be uh, good. And we've seen that not having Eddie Jackson makes a difference. So I think that's a key part of it, too. If those guys are all back, I agree with you that Justin Fields plays well, and I think I think the Bears win the game. I learned that J.P. Holtz is back from his concussion on the injury report. That changes everything. My bold prediction? <laughs> Demir Bird Jeez. has a 20-yard catch. 
Does he have a catch this year? I think he does. What are the, what would be the, what would be the Vegas odds on Demir Bird catching a twenty yard pass? Probably probably non existent. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if you can find that prop. Like, I was Ooh. trying to think of something different because I've got like every week I got a question about essentially why is Demir Bird on the team instead of Rodney Adams or somebody reminded me I didn't even remember that Isaiah Coulter. All due respect to Isaiah Coulter is on the practice squad. I got that in the mailbag this week. Why isn't he on the team? And that's just me texting you every week about Rodney Adams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the bird stuff is, this is a guy who had a career year last year for the Patriots. Not a good team last year, the Patriots. And he comes to the Bears and he has, we don't even know if he has a catch. <laughs> let's, let's check this out. Yeah, I don't, I honestly don't know. I think he might have he won. Does, he does have a catch, at least, he, I, he, he has at least one catch. He he has at least one drop too. I do remember. I actually do remember the drop. Yeah, I remember the drop. Don't remember Screen. the catch. Yeah. All right. Set career highs last year: forty-seven catches and six hundred and four yards. This year he has four receptions for twenty-nine yards. Four. That's what it says in Pro Football Reference. Look, I couldn't name one. That's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. All right, well, that's a specific, bold prediction. <laughs> yes. Um, my pick? Yeah. 33-30 to 30 Ravens. I okay. just think, like, it, it, something about the the Steelers game just feels like they're, like, some of that offensive success will carry over. But at this point, especially since we don't know about Cleo Mack, we don't know about Eddie Jackson, Lamar Jackson will do Lamar Jackson things against the Bears defense. I see this being kind of a shootout. 33-30 Ravens. Pound the over. Pound it. Let's pound uh, the, the ball right up there. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. All right? Chicago Sun-Times, clean sweep for the Ravens. Well, that means the Bears are going to win. Yeah. Every trend tells me the Ravens are going to win. Rookie quarterback, Bears off a bye, Ravens with extra time to prepare, Bears as underdogs, simply the 2021 Bears. With that said... He's going to do it, folks. Let's do it. Because John Z picked the Ravens, so I like to... Let's mix it up. I'll go, I'll go Bears 26, Ravens 24. There it is. Subject to change. I was going to say, tune in at 11.10 on Sunday, 11.10 a.m. on WBBM on the Bears pregame show. I'll give you my actual prediction. My my adjusted prediction based on when we know more about the injuries. Let me just say that. You can also hear Kevin. What time are you on? Uh, 10.18. There you go. Although I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I'm probably going to pick the Bears to beat the Lions in Thanksgiving. That's weird to pick them to win multiple games in a row, but whatever. It happens sometimes. Yep. Usually the Lions are involved. All right, speaking of the Lions, let's run through these uh, predictions for this week. Uh, let's fly through them if we can. Fox, noon, uh, this is up against the Bears game. Lions are at the Browns. Get excited for this one. The Browns are an 11.5 point favorite. Lions lose, but they cover. Uh, yeah, uh, the Lions have pluck, but okay. um, I don't know what happened to the Browns last week. That was terrible. He's just making up descriptions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they're, they're edgy. <laughs> they're plucky. They've got pluck. Nah, they stink. is this a typo? Are they really eleven and a half point favorites, John? I've I've yeah. seen ten and a half, and yeah, so in that range. That's it. That is an yeah. odd line. I would, uh, but the Browns also. Like they they beat the Bengals by thirty yeah. two weeks ago. It was a while ago. I don't know. I'll I'll take give me the Browns. They cover. Not enough pluck. Not enough pluck. All right. Uh I'm Baker Mayfield may stink, by the way. Yeah. His uh, commercial to uh, touchdown ratio is nice. not in his favor. Nice, nice. What a waste of time training camp was, guys. <laughs> Fox noon. <laughs> Packers at Vikings. This is an intriguing game. Vikings are two and a, uh, just a two-point dog at home. 
against the Green Bay Packers. Here's my upset of the week. Vikings hmm. win. Outright. The Packers are like 9-1 and one against the number this season. Something absurd. And I, think, I think I picked them the one week with the one. <laughs> uh, and I think... It's the 49ers. Friend of the program, Michael Beller, wrote this week that there's been very few games that have been decided by less than two points um, in the NFL. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and say Packers, and they cover. I'm with Johns here. I... I feel like the Packers are due for a loss. I watched that entire game against the Seahawks. The offense was not that impressive. The Seahawks' defense isn't that great. Um, I I think the Vikings are better than their record. I I, I they, they they have more talent on the, that team than they show. Uh, I think they've been playing better lately. I will take. Why am I blanking on what the Vikings did last week? They won. Who they beat? Cousins at noon. No, I know, but who they beat? I know they won. Yeah, let me go to Pro Football Reference again. Why am I blanking on this completely? They played the no, they Chargers. Beat, they they, they the Chargers. beat a good team too. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. played. They played on one the road. Of them. That's what it is. I knew they had an impressive game. Yeah, no, I'm picking the Vikings here. Uh, I think they win outright, but I, if I'm, they're getting two points, I'll definitely take that too. Pool reporter Adam Hodge. 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 His interview with referee Tony Carrenti. CBS 305, Bengals at Raiders. Are the Bengals good? I don't know. First of all, are the Raiders good? Do we know anything about the NFL? Like, literally no team nobody knows anything about. Anything could happen any week. I am so sick of picking games and being wrong. It's ridiculous. I'm going to say the Raiders. The Raiders are a one-point dog, by the way. No, one-point. Yes, one-point dog. Raiders. Bengals. Uh, Raiders bounced back from their loss last week. I have no about, feel for this game. What about their loss from the week before? I don't know. They bounced back from back-to-back losses. Yeah, the bank. I, I I don't know. It's frustrating. Bengals also have a post-buy losing streak, like the Bears, five years in a row, I believe. I actually have to say I appreciated Matt Nagy's like being candid yesterday, <laughs> being like, I don't know what we're doing after a bye week. I've tried everything. <laughs> it's like it's, it's like I tried to do what Andy Reid did. He has a great record. It didn't work. Then we tried other things. That didn't work either. We just need to win. In his <laughs> defense, they have played some... The, the last two years, they were underdogs, I believe, coming off the bye. Well, they had the awful game in 19 coming off the uh, bye out of... They, London, bye. Everyone Saints. thinks they're coming back, bouncing back against the Saints, and they played their yeah. worst game. And then last year was the Packers. Which they actually, the offense improved in that game. The defense was horrible. The, the the bad one was the Dolphins in 18. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, ruined, they ruined what was like one of Mitch Trubisky's best games. Totally. Defense Brock totally. Brock Osweiler to Albert Wilson all day, right? Yeah, Brock Osweiler owns Vic Fangio, just the way Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Next game. We tried to reach out to the man who died in this pursuit. Uh, they were unavailable for comment. Micah, back. <laughs> Fox, 325. Cowboys at Chiefs. How about this game? The Chiefs, everybody thinks they're back. Two and a half point favorite over the Cowboys. I'm going to pick the Cowboys. The Cowboys are going to drop a lot of points on that bad Chiefs defense. Yeah, I'm trying to, like, I guess there's the thought is the Chiefs are back from last week, but mm-hmm. I don't know. That that defense was pretty bad for the first nine games of the season. I'll take the Cowboys. Yeah, I agree. I think I think in this matchup, I'm not sure. I'm not sold the Chiefs are back. Patrick Mahomes might be, but as I pointed out the other day, he still missed some throws that were like wide open in that game. So I actually think the Cowboys are the better overall squad at this point, uh, and they're getting two and a half points. Even if it's on the road, I will also take the Cowboys. That's not cliche talk that's real talk all right and then nbc your sunday night game the steelers at chargers steelers coming off that tie i hate ties in football yeah sounds like big ben could be back um coming off the covid list is he back yet i don't think he's back yet but i think there's optimism he will be back at the chargers the uh they've been going the wrong direction here but they are a five and a half point favorite at home 
At this point, just give me the Steelers to cover. Yeah, I'll I'll take the Steelers as an underdog. But the, the boy that that Brandon Staley Justin Herbert honeymoon ended real quick over the past few weeks. Now I'm, I mean I think they're fine, but yeah, first um, month of the season they were the the darlings of the NFL. I think the Chargers win this game. I think five and a half is a little bit too much though, especially if Big Ben's playing. So I'll take the Steelers to cover Chargers to win. All right, guys, good stuff. Kevin, appreciate the uh, medium questions today. You got it, boys. Also, Northwestern at Wrigley Field on Saturday. Are you going? Of course. Okay. I was there the last time they were at Wrigley Field. Mikel Lashore is still running. <laughs> Where are you saying? Th- okay, so was it Lashore? I was thinking it was Rashad Mendenhall. No, Mikel Lashore, I think, ran for 300 yards. Was Mendenhall in that game, too? Or is that a different year? No, I don't think so. Mendenhall Actually, I, I lived on Addison that year. It was Greg. Just rolled out of bed and walked over to the game. Well, it's nice that there's a full field this year. <laughs> they can go there. Yeah, they can go both use both end zones. That was so weird. No, it'll be a fun one. Uh, supposed to be against Wisconsin last year, but they're playing Purdue. Yeah. Do do they win? Mm, I don't. Yeah, of course. I'm always going to pick Northwestern to win. <laughs> what are you talking about? All right. All right. Go. Johnson's the Notre Dame win there. Uh, Notre Dame. Uh, what are you? Kevin I like how Kevin left. just Kevin he just, just left. He's out. <laughs> he's a go cats and he's out. I wasn't even going to rub it in that, that uh, my school beat your school. Hey, congrats! I Notre Dame's a very good team. Uh, probably was worthy of being in the playoffs. They had a very tough schedule this year, and they played really well last week against Carmel. Thank you. Um, I, I do. I they're playing. Uh, they're playing St. Lawrence this week, right? This Friday is in the prep bowl, by the way. Notre, we actually didn't even talk about this because it was in the bye week. But Notre Dame, Adam Johnson's alma mater, played Carmel last week. And Adam uh, is the special teams coordinator. What is that round? I couldn't even keep. I guess it's technically the prep bowl quarterfinals, the Catholic side semifinals. Is what that game was. Yes. So yes, now that's you correct. now you got the. Uh, game against St. Lawrence to win the Catholic League side and then go on to play the Public League champion. Correct. That is how it works. So who wins? Notre Dame. I agree. All right. <laughs> but good luck to the uh, the Dons. Why are they the Dons and not the Gentlemen Irish? of Mary. That's what, what? I always that's what we were always told. The Dons Gentlemen means. of Mary. Gentlemen of Mary. What does that mean? I that we're gentlemen of Mary. Well, I still don't know what a rambler is either. So, also true. But, uh, yeah, my Ignatius team got my alma mater. They got knocked out in the second round after such a great season. Well, it was a great statement year for them. Man. They got their first playoff win ever. So that's yeah. progress. They beat Mount Carmel, twenty-seven nothing. Don't forget it. crazy the catholic league so good it's ridiculous all right we need to get out of here uh head off to house hall coordinators talk today maybe we'll get more information on the uh, injury situation and all that thank you for everybody for listening follow us on twitter read us check out obvious shirts get the the merchandise help us out with 22q family check us out on youtube you can watch this you can check out the sweatshirts there uh because i'm wearing one and john's got his athletic shirt sweatshirt That's that's a sweet shirt too Don't have any problem with that. All right, we will talk to you Sunday after the game. See you. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless.